Welcome to Level Up, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and the faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We will explore the many adversity that each one of us experience and share our story to inspire and inform. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Welcome, listeners. This is Dr. Leland, your podcast host. Today, I have a very special guest and the many guests that you will hear on this show. Today, we have the pleasure of having Dr. Monica Banzal, okay? And she will introduce herself, her background, and her amazing journey where she is right now. Dr. Monica Banzal, welcome to Level Up. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for inviting me. Hey, everyone. My name is Monica Bunzel, and I am PhD in Business Administration and an MBA Finance. Um, besides working as an adjunct professor, I'm also working as an international admission advisor, and I guess I have about 10 years of teaching experience teaching various accounting and financial courses at undergraduate and master's level. I have global experience of working in different countries and I've also published several research papers in my field. Um, I'm currently working as um, I'm teaching business research and operations management where I am working as an adjunct professor and um, other than education industry, I also have an experience of working with banks and export companies where I have hold position like finance executive and then um, manager. Uh, my area of expertise is, of course, accounting, management and finance since um, I have more of exposure in these fields in so many years that I have worked and um, gained knowledge from. Um, but. You know, I mean, everybody talks about their background, their education experiences, and their accomplishments. Um, on this platform today, I want to talk a little about my background and my journey, my challenges, and what motivated me to be where I am today. I uh, am an immigrant. I was born and raised in Agra, India. and. Of course, like people who are aware about India, they know that Agra is also called a city of Taj, like which is one of the seven wonders of the world. So our main source of occupation for the people of Agra is handicrafts. We have the biggest leather industry um, in India. Um, we also have marble inlay products, which come from Agra. And we have all types of woven, woven garments and other stuff that, that the artisans work there. But it's, it's also, I mean, it's not a very big city. It's just a small town. And since I've been raised up in such a conservative background and family, I got married at the age of 20. And then, before I even realized, I had a son at the age of 21. Um, honestly, I was not prepared, neither for my marriage, nor of having a son. Um, and then, at that time, I was just working as a housewife, 
um, getting my degrees, my master's work degree, and then on top of that, I was miserable. I did. I had no clue what it entails to be a mother, a housewife, a wife, and taking care of all the chores every day in and day out. I mean, for me, just to keep take, keep taking care of my mental health was to keep working on my degree, and that's where I enrolled in my PhD program. Um, after some years of my marriage, which obviously was not a happy journey, and it ended up not a good on a good note, I actually decided to move forward, get a divorce, and start following my dreams. Um, when I think back, I think I could relate myself to one of the characters of um, an animated movie, which is Moana, um, who actually left the title of being called a princess just to follow her journey um, where she just went on self-discovery just to explore what she wants, what she always wanted to do, or to go on a voyage. And, you know, just like her, I also had to give sacrifice of leaving my child behind. And I guess that was the price that I paid to get my freedom. It was tough. Not easy for me as a mother to leave my child behind, which was most precious to me. But sometimes I wish I could turn things around, but then I look back and see that's God's plan for you. So I'm following up what God has planned for me and working on that. Wow, what an amazing journey, right? From the beginning to a small town, just like myself. And then you're following your dream of becoming trying to find out what your purpose is right and we're still technically still trying to find our purpose but i think at the end of the day we actually have one common aspect which is to give back to our community i see it in yourself as well as um as in someone in academics and having this journey and um i wanted to ask like why do you like teaching what about teaching that you love or like um, I love teachings. Liking would be a very small word because um, I'm so passionate about teaching because of not because um, I have to go into the classroom day in and day out just working with the students, teaching them the courses, but because of the challenges that comes with it. Um, what in my experience, whatever experience that I have about ten years. Um, working at different global level in different countries as a professor one thing that i have understood is that every student has a different perspective like they no two students are same so it definitely requires you to use different strategies with each one of them because um it will not what works for one student may not work for another and you know it also kind of pushes you to think out of the box like every time you enter the classroom so I just love teaching because of the challenges that it comes with. It. It's a whole package. Awesome. But what if, Amy, would you like your students to know about you that is relatable to their experience? Um, I guess when I teach some of my students in my classes, one thing that I observe most about it is that some of them are, especially after pandemic, they are so frustrated with their work, um, maintaining their uh, balance in their personal life and then work life. So I just want to tell them or let them student know that, you know, 
as a teacher, I am just not teaching the classes. I'm also a student, just like them, and I'm pursuing my DBA. So I'm working on two jobs, a student, and also um, getting my personal life adjusted. So I'm also trying to maintain that work-study balance. So I want to let the students know that they are not alone. That's so amazing. Sometimes I think students think that we just sit here and grade their papers all day, and why are we not, you know, responding to their emails, or why are we not grading their resubmissions? So we are. We we have a, a life beyond academics, right? Being teachers,、um, we are a mom, like you said. We are wife. We are, you know, fiance.、Um, we are students. So there's a lot of things happening、um, within our lives. So thanks for sharing that. Now. Um, what do you think other professors should do in order to keep students engaged in your classroom? Like, what kind of tips can you provide for other teachers? I think one of the things that、um, about,、uh, I mean, as an engagement exercises, I would suggest to the professors, especially、um, on remote learning, we should be inculcating lot of simulation activities,、um, group activities, role playing, so that students feel connected somehow.、Uh, Uh, the, uh, the virtual classroom has taken that from us, in which we were able to get connected physically with the student. So,、um, I mean, offering them incentives for the students who are participating and performing, just to keep them motivated all the time. And one tip that I would want to give them is to、uh, that's that's what I have personally felt: opening informal channels of communication.、Um, Sometimes we try to be so formal with our、uh, students that we forget that they are also facing challenges and they might want to connect and reach out to you. So, just for for instance, if you're sharing your personal number with them so that they can text you, or maybe you can text them here and there, just let them know that you are there. And if they need anything from you, if they have any problem, they can discuss it with you.、Um, so, I think that will make really a big difference. That's awesome. Thanks for that tip. Now, what makes you feel inspired on those days where you're like, "It's just too much. I want to give up. I don't want to do this anymore." What makes you feel inspired and continue on? Um. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There are some days where you feel you actually want to give up because,、um, honestly, in teaching job, you do not even have weekends for yourself. But Uh, the biggest thing that I feel、um, I don't want to give up on teaching is that it's not a monotonous job. Like it offers a lot of variety,、um, which you can add in your courses, in your topics. Like、um, a lot of jobs have the same kind of、um, work environment, have the same faces that you have to see day in and day out. You cannot, like, you have no options but to work on the same field in the same pattern. But teaching is something that. You can just add variety every day in your life.、Um, even if you're teaching the same courses, you can just change little strategy. You can customize it、um, according to the student needs, according to their levels, and that will create wonders. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Now, if I could remove all barriers and constraints, what project would you do, and would you want to be known only by that project? Okay, yeah, I think that's an easy one because、um, that was something that I used to often ask myself, and I think、um, if that's 
if all the barriers and constraints are removed, I if I see myself working on a project that would be as a mentor, as an advisor, you know, as a counselor for students where I can just guide them, you know, just helping them overcome their challenges. Um, some students have find difficulty finding jobs, um, giving them career counseling sessions and just taking care of their mental health, where they can come and speak to me without judgments. They, they know that nobody is there to judge them. It's just somebody who is ready to hear them out. Yeah, judgment is always something that I think if students feel you're judging them in their situation, if they can't turn in their homework on time, they kind of just retreat and stop communicating with us, you know? So having that no judgment feeling from their instructor definitely would help. Now, if you could tell your students one thing that would make your job easier, like in the classroom, whether it's in Canvas or your live Zooms, what would it be? Actually, I've thought about that a lot. It's it's actually uh, one of the things that's most frustrating for me. Uh, When students turn in assignments, you know, I would just tell them, you just turn in your assignments on time. Because that's one thing where I feel that um, I I just want to request all my students that, you know, I I can work with you if you want me to work in the week making you explain the whole assignment because I honestly feel it's like um, um, it's like preparing special meals in a fast food restaurant. You know, you have to put in halt on everything that you're working on. Um, maybe you have taken your one day of your weekend for that particular work. Your assignments are all spread out on your table with one coffee in hand and then and suddenly you realize that there are two students who are missing in submitting their assignments. So um, you just have to put a halt on other things that you have planned for the week because you, you suddenly they turn up their assignments and then you have to go back on the rubric scale. You have to go back on the contents. You have to remember again what what was it that, that you had put remarks on, what is it that they need um something to work on so that's one thing that i would really want to request my students to work on yes guys submit your assignments on time i i agree because sometimes even my husband's like are you done grading yet i'm like no 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 i have five more resubmissions um you know other than the ones that i've already graded so i totally get that um how did covid change your teaching methodology yeah i guess covid has changed my perspectives of as a teacher all 360 degree like totally um before that i could not not i mean i've never imagined myself in a situation where i have to struggle to work on thinking about different activities for each classes separately because obviously we had a different methodology but um, it has taught me to be more creative and, you know, it's just to maintaining, especially um, apart from being innovative, to maintain student-teacher relationship. Because I think it was from when the pandemic and COVID started, that's the point I think I will never from till now, I will never take granted, you know, a student showing up five or ten minutes before the class and sharing his or her weekend plans with me or maybe a student sitting at the last chair um, just trying to hide, you know, so that I, I wouldn't ask him or her questions for which she's not prepared or she's just being lazy, He he's being lazy. So 
I guess those relationships were really the foundations of teaching, which I miss nowadays, but, and I think it's just a challenge in today's remote world. Yeah, it is. Trying to be always on top of your toes and making sure that the students are not only engaged, but we are giving them transferable skills. But COVID did really push us to think outside the box, didn't it? Oh, man. Um, What is the most challenging for you in your classroom? Okay, so, um, yeah, I guess um, the most challenging would be for me or maybe I feel as a professor for others as well that I can relate to is to retain the attention of the students. You know, there when, when we were in physical classroom setting where the students have no obstacles, no intrusions, um, even if you're giving them some exercises or work on, you can expect them to concentrate, to work on, to come back to you, to ask questions. But in remote learning, that's something, you know, they might just switch off their camera from time to time. It's very difficult in in Zoom to keep, um, you know, an eye on who has switched off and who has switched on the camera. Sometimes they would have the TV in the background, a child wailing or needs their attention. Um, They might be eating their food with, with, taking classes so i think it's it's you you must continuously do some of the other activities to have their focus and attention in remote learning yeah that is kind of challenging for us to make sure that they they are getting um and that's on top of like sometimes your zoom server is also slow and you know the communication gets cut off while you're trying to do the lecture so that's another challenging for me at least um, how do you inspire your students, Dr. Banzal? I just want to tell them that, you know, we are also humans. So um, we all, we are in this journey together and just explaining them and showing them that I'm also working on the same path, just like them by giving them, you know, some positive reinforcements, um, showing them the real potential and capabilities Um in making their work-life balance just like I'm doing it or any other um, uh, professor uh, who is studying and teaching and they have a personal life to take care of. So uh, that's one thing that I just want to share with them. That's how I think they can relate with us. Awesome. Now, last bonus question here. How would you inform or inspire your colleagues to not only put student engagement on the front, but like inspire themselves to also like think of different ways to engage their students in the classroom? Um, I would just tell them for first, for starters, um, This journey is like whenever you are in class, it's not only just about students, it's also about us. So we are, we as instructors and students, we are together. So uh, some kind of positive reinforcements are important just to give them a little pat, um, you know, pep talk or, you know, tap on the back for working good this week or just letting them know you're recognizing or valuing their work. Um, even if they need some push-up, you, you're just starting with a positive note instead of being on a negative side. And then the second thing would be, um, as I said previously, to open the channels of communication 
and then uh, whenever you are in class, just try to offer incentives to the to the students. I think that's something we all look forward to. I mean, I always look forward when I'm attending meetings. If there is somebody or my my dean says tells me, you know, we are having some fun games where you can be you you'll be able to win something. I'm always looking forward forward for those incentives. If somebody tells me, yeah, there is an option for you to grow, there is a promotional chance. I would look forward and start working more um, dedicatedly towards that. So if you're offering incentives to the students, that will keep them motivated and look forward to your classes. Oh, I love that. I do. I do challenge you guys and give you incentives here and there. Sometimes it's more work, but at the end of the day, um, you're looking forward to some type of activity that you feel connected to within your university. Thank you so much for your time today and being here with um, Level Up. And I'm hoping that, you know, all your stories, your adversity, your journey can help someone out there who's thinking of teaching, um, even internationally, right? Coming from international. And I hope to have you back again for another topic of our conversation. Have a wonderful day and thanks again for coming. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you want to be a guest on my podcast or have questions, email me at leveluppbydocleland at gmail.com. Docleland spells D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D at gmail.com. I will see you soon in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time.